He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. I don't believe that Madam Web is a real movie. And obviously this film exists, so it's real in that respect. But what I mean is I do not believe that Madam Web is a film that was honestly made with the intention of either being profitable or well-received. Like there's just, there's no way. Maybe if you told me that this is a movie that was produced by the same studio that made like Two-Headed Shark Attack or that horror movie about the tire, like maybe I could accept that this was a an honest to goodness, good faith attempt at a movie, but it's not. This was made by Sony. People who have not only seen movies before, but have also put out movies that have been, you know, praised and made a lot of money. So the fact that this film got made, I don't know. I just, I kind of want to throw on my tinfoil hat here and ask like, are they attempting to lose money for some sort of tax write-off to devalue Sony because of like a merger? Are they trying to poison the well with Marvel and make it so that the Spider-Man franchise isn't profitable going further so there's no more cooperation between the studios. Like it just, it doesn't make sense to me that this was actually an attempt at a movie. Because guys, as bad as you've been hearing Madam Web is, the truth is it's actually worse. This movie is so bad. For the first 10 minutes or so, I did not believe that I was actually watching the movie. I was thinking to myself, has a parody of the film already managed to come out and that is what I'm accidentally being shown. But it's like, no, that's that's just the movie that Sony chose to release. So we're gonna be going into all the different ways that Madam Web fails as a film. And just a heads up, if you haven't seen this movie yet, and for some reason you want to, and you don't want spoilers, then I would say pause this video and come back to it later because we're gonna be getting into details here. So for reference, Madam Web focuses on the character of Cassie who is played by Dakota Johnson. And the film opens up with a flashback to Cassie's mother doing spider research in Peru. So we are introduced to Cassie's mother who is pregnant with Cassie as well as the character of Ezekiel Sims, who is an explorer, financier, mercenary type who is accompanying her in Peru because he is interested in using this spider that Cassie's mother is looking for, for evil purposes. And you know, if I were writing a movie, obviously I'd want the entire thing to be really good, but I would say I would especially focus on making the first 30 minutes or so as tight as possible because ultimately that's gonna give people the impression of the film going forward. Forward, and in some cases, it may actually determine whether people sit around to watch the rest of the movie. I'm not exaggerating though when I say that the opening scene of Madame Webb is so poorly written, like this flashback between Cassie's mom and this guy Ezekiel Sims, it is so cheesy, so B-movie-esque that I really, I couldn't believe that this is something that Sony released. And now it's kind of hard to show you what I mean by this since this film is currently in theaters, it's not streaming anywhere, so we can't really include a lot of footage uh, of it in this review, not to mention copyright claim issues. But in lieu of that, I did actually take the time to write down some of the dialogue that is actually included in this movie. Just because I feel like unless you guys hear this, you're not going to appreciate how bad the writing is. And with that said, I present to you Madam Web's opening scene, a dramatic reenactment. That spider can give superhuman strength and power, right? Las Arañas? Las Arañas? The mythical spider people who run across the treetops and punish evil men with their black poison webs? I like to base my research in science, not legends, Mr. Sims. Those spiders are wasted here. These little spiders have the potential to cure hundreds of diseases. How did that make it past the initial edit? Like, I don't understand. There are so many different people who are involved in making a movie at all these different levels. No one was like, hold up, let's give that another go. Like really, this just went under the radar. 
People actually acted this out. It was edited, kept in, and no one, no one was like, maybe we should reevaluate. But in any case, we see that Cassie's mother is successful in her hunt for this magic special spider in that at one point she just appears on screen with a little spider in her jar and announces, I found it. That's right. She manages to find this tiny little spider in the Peruvian jungle because really it just seems like by looking for this spider, these characters are just like in the jungle, like looking around like they they have no plan there's no kind of trap they're trying to set they're just literally looking for a spider and when they finally find it of course it happens off screen it's not like you would want to give special attention to that moment considering the entire film is based around it but no Cassie's mom just waltzes on screen and is like the spider I found it prompting Ezekiel who in case you haven't figured out by now is the film's bad guy to kill their entire team and also shoot Cassie so he can take the spider for himself and just as it looks like pregnant Cassie Cassie's mom is about to die. Lo and behold, las arañas show up. These magical spider people who literally like climb like spider people. Anyway, they take her to their spider cave. And so they manage to deliver Cassie before her mother dies thanks to this spider venom. Fast forward to 2003 New York. And now Cassie is all grown up and played by Dakota Johnson and she is a paramedic. And she's also a very awkward one at that, which personally I think is fine, right? It plays to Dakota Johnson's strengths as being somewhat awkward. And frankly, hey, I'm I'm kind of awkward too. So it's like, yeah, representation. I like that in a superhero movie. Also interesting to note that Cassie's partner as a paramedic is Ben Parker, Spider-Man's uncle. So, you know, you have that connection that's kind of that's there. Doesn't necessarily impact the plot much. Uh, his character could have very easily been not Ben Parker. Movie would have stayed pretty much the same, but uh, yeah, it is it is Ben Parker. And as people have noted, just so you get a sense of what type of film this is, uh, in jest, while Cassie and Ben are talking, she makes a quip at him like, hey, you don't wanna get shot in Brooklyn, do you, right? Because that is, that is what happens to him and he dies. Anyway, the film's plot really kicks off when one day at work, Cassie ends up being dragged underwater in a car wreck while attempting to save someone. And she actually ends up dying for a brief amount of time. Ben manages to resuscitate her though. And it is after this point that Cassie begins having, I guess, deja vu experiences. She will experience something happening. And then a few minutes later, experience the same thing again, which obviously she's very confused by. And it's funny, there's this one scene in the film that really illustrates how stupid the writers think the audience is. After experiencing this whole deja vu thing a few times, uh, there is one scene where Cassie kind of tests the limits of her power, i.e. tries to see whether she can actually change the future based on her visions instead of just passively observing the same thing happen twice. And so while sitting in her apartment and watching TV, Cassie witnesses a pigeon basically fly into her window and kill itself. But then, oh, she snaps out of the vision and she's back in her apartment apartment just a few moments before the pigeon flies into her window. And so she gets up, looks at the window and actually narrates to herself like out loud, this isn't gonna change anything and then opens the window. And then of course the pigeon does fly in, but instead of this time hitting the window, it just flies into her apartment and then leaves. And so obviously at this point, especially since Cassie has already said, this isn't gonna change anything. We know that since the pigeon is actually alive, she can change the future with her vision's knowledge. But to really just hammer home the point, Cassie then says, I guess you didn't die after all. It's like, yes, we, we understood. She had a vision of the pigeon dying. She opened up the window. The pigeon didn't die. She can change things. How much handholding do you think we need? 
But anyway, while all of this is happening to Cassie, her life is kind of being upended by her new powers. We also see that Ezekiel, her mother's old partner, he is also in New York currently and, you know, just living it up. He's rich. He's got spider powers now. That's basically it. Oh, he is still evil, by the way. Uh, we learned that when he kind of just kills this random woman, somewhat needlessly, if you ask me. But hey, that's what makes him evil, right? You see, like Cassie, Ezekiel is also clairvoyant, and it turns out that he's been having nightmares every night of these three women who are going to kill him at some point in the future. There are these three spider women that are literally haunting his dreams, a white one, a Latina, and a black one, which isn't that isn't that just nice? You know, even, even your dreams are diverse. So anyway, with all of his bad guy money, and technology, Ezekiel is scouring the city and actually I think the globe for CCTV footage of any one of these three women so he can basically kill them before they kill him because Ezekiel isn't just clairvoyant like Cassie, he also actually has the physical strength that the spider venom gave him. Pretty neat, right? Well, not really. You don't see that much spider action actually considering this is a Spider-Man movie. But anyway, at one point, Cassie and these three women who at this point in time are teens, they all cross paths in a subway. And obviously Ezekiel being alerted through his technology that these three teens are in the subway, he goes to kill them, which is something that Cassie has a vision of and she is able to stop him and basically rescue these three girls. But in the process, the police are actually led to believe that Cassie has kidnapped the girls when really she was just trying to save them. So now the four of them are on the run which doesn't really make sense. Like, I feel like if you were being accused of kidnapping some people, going to the police officers with those people and everyone agreeing, hey, actually, we're not being kidnapped, like that that would be a pretty good way out of that. For some reason, this movie doesn't do that. They're just like, oh, I'm being accused of kidnapping. Best thing to do, I guess, is take these teens and drop them off in the woods because why not? And it is here that we are really introduced to these three future spider women who are named Julia, Anya, and Maddie. And oh my goodness, you've never met more annoying characters in your whole entire life. You have Maddie, the black one, who's like this trust fund latchkey kid who is unnecessarily aggressive the entire time. You also have Anya, who naturally as a Latina is facing deportation like her father just experienced because that's not, that's not stereotypical. So understandably, she's more reserved and closed off. And we also have Julia, uh, played by Sydney Sweeney. And you know, random note, I've seen Sydney Sweeney photos like a lot on social media. People like that she has boobs understandable. This is actually my first time seeing her in a film. Here she plays like the awkward one of the three, very unconvincingly, if you ask me. So anyway, Cassie decides to leave these three teens in the woods. Good choice. And naturally, despite being told to stay where they are, they do not listen to her and they go to a nearby diner and start dancing on tables because that's what teens do, don't you know? Not even kidding. There's a scene where they just start randomly dancing on tables in a diner. But anyway, Ezekiel predictably ends up finding them there and Cassie is able to save them, but only through the use of her visions. And by the way, for anyone keeping track at this point in the like plot progression, we are already an hour into this film. Does it feel like an hour's worth of stuff has happened? Not really, right? But it is here that after figuring out that Ezekiel is actually her mother's old partner, that Cassie decides to journey to Peru to figure out where her powers come from and what the circumstances surrounding her mother's death actually were. Again, she's only deciding to do this pretty pivotal thing like an hour into the film. Like what even is the pacing here? But okay, you might be thinking that's kind of cool. Like does she bring these three girls with her to Peru and maybe that's where they get their spider 
spider powers. That could be fun. Yeah, no, she decides to leave these three teens uh, under the care of Ben Parker because he clearly will be able to save them from the supervillain that is actively hunting them, right? What with all his paramedic training. Once in Peru, Cassie does very easily actually manage to find the spider people that she was seeking, like ridiculously and kind of unbelievably fast. She kind of just shows up in Peru and they're waiting for her like, ah, Cassie, I knew you'd come. Anyway, it is these spider people that basically give Cassie a greater understanding of her powers. Yes, it's one of it's one of those scenes. And it turns out that even though Cassie wasn't gifted the physical powers that come from the spider venom, like being really fast or being able to crawl on walls, her mind powers are actually even greater greater than she realized. I'm gonna gift you with more of the film's dialogue here, actually. While Cassie is in the spider cave talking to the spider elder about her spider powers, she is told, and I quote, You came here to learn the truth about your past, but you will leave ready to embrace your future. And then she says, Seeing into the future is no match for Ezekiel. Like, what? Anyway, equipped with this, like, newfound knowledge, not really new powers, but greater understanding of herself, I suppose it was kind of like a spirit quest. Cassie returns to New York and predictably there is this big face off between her and Ezekiel with her trying to protect the three girls from being killed by him. And that's like basically the movie. I'm gonna be real with you guys. My expectations going into this were very low. I did not expect this to be a good movie by any means. I mean, I think the trailer kind of told most of us all we needed to know about the quality of this film, but even so, I was shocked. The dialogue is so awkward. I'm still, I'm having trouble processing that this was a legitimate script that Sony purchased. Like, I think it's safe to say that arguably the most important part of a film is its script. It doesn't matter how good your actors are, how good your director is, how good the special effects are. If the writing is bad, it's gonna be a bad movie. And that's honestly part of why I just, I can't accept that Sony thought in any way that this movie could be successful. Like, even if the script itself wasn't so obviously terrible as people online have been pointing out, the duo behind it have also been responsible for writing such gems as Dracula Untold Told, the Last Witch Hunter, Morbius, and Gods of Egypt. Like, there's just, there's no way you can look me straight in the face and say that, oh, we're so shocked this is bombing. Like, really? Really? I feel like it bombing is basically the only outcome we could have had. And this film is definitely written in such a way where you can tell the writers, at least, were hoping and expecting for a sequel. I really doubt that's going to happen. And at the very least, I would love to be able to tell you guys that this is a film where it's so bad, it's actually good. But here's the thing, it's like two hours long. And even though there are moments in this movie that are absolutely so laughably terrible, it does bring me joy to watch them. They're just too spread out amidst basically nothing happening for like 30 minutes on end for me to actually in good conscience say that this is an entertaining hate watch. So in case you hadn't figured, uh, no, I don't recommend you watch this movie under any circumstances. Uh, that's just my take. As always though, here is what Papa Chen has to say about it. I was really disappointed. This movie, I would give it a maximum five. A borderline <laughs> of crap movies. I've never seen any Marvel movie Spider-Man is like this. The storyline was poorly written. The choice of actresses, they need to do something better, <laughs> especially the co-stars. Some of the girls are not only quite annoying and not pleasant to look at, but if you were to ask me, would there be a sequel? I hope not. <laughs> if it's the same thing, it's going to be another bombshell. Sony needs to do something better 
to bring back the original Spider-Man with Peter Parker. That is a real good storyline, creativity, get people excited. All right, so Madam Web, have you seen it? And if so, what did you think? And do you agree that this, this kind of doesn't seem like a movie that was ever meant to do well? Like what were Sony's motives here? Because I could, I could say for pretty certain that it wasn't success. Let me know down below. And if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.